to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to another end of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small, and your favorite podcatcher. And I know that there's like 11 billion of, of, of the podcatcher variety these days. It's the last Football Friday on GPB. Well, semifinal week, everybody. Yeah, it's getting into semifinals. And yes. so we are now into the final 32. It's four by eight, mm-hmm. left side, right side. And uh, we'll get into... All of the other stuff, the other games that are coming up this weekend. We've got a very special guest this week. Yes, we do. Valdosta head coach Rush Probst is on the show. You guys are going to want to stick around for that one. Rush, do I hear your ears on there? Uh, you're here. I'm here. All right. So we're just going to go straight into this because I know that you're uh, like doing act, like actual coaching and looking at things. So. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, guys. I believe it or not. <laughs> well, no, I called you on Sunday. And I was, you know, I was thinking that you might be, you know, having a meal or something and no. just kind of taking it easy. But no, you tell me, no, I'm at practice. You, this this <laughs> calls semi- in live, calls yeah. in live while we're recording the open. Yes, that's see, this he, is amazing. He's got the he's got the timing down for all of this stuff. But yeah, you were already out there. You were already at practice on Sunday. You're not. Uh, this is semifinal week, and this is get out there and get it done, right? It is. I mean, it's just you got a lot of film to watch. You got a lot of stuff to break down in a short period of time, guys. You know, when you get back five o'clock in the morning, you know, the South Georgia team is tough. I mean, it, they're at a huge disadvantage when it comes to preparation the next week. And we got in at five fifteen from Augusta this week. We got in at four forty five from Carrollton. So, you know, it's just you know, it's, it's it really puts. Especially the big schools, because all your big schools are north. You know, around the Atlanta area in seven A, six A, except for Region One, maybe over in Augusta, Region Two, and you know. But outside, you get out of that. Now it's all up there. And so for us, it's just a tough turnaround from five o'clock. I have an eight-hour rule uh, for coaches. So when the players unload the bus, I hit the clock, and they're gone usually in thirty to forty-five minutes. So. Uh, I think that it's um, God, my nothing like thing. getting your phone blowing up right in the yeah. middle of a segment. Huh? Like I can't it imagine. Is, it is. <laughs> and, and you know, here's the thing about it is the button that you can turn it off is broke just about. But anyway, so anyway, you get back and ignoring and, that many phone calls, are we? All right, and and you got you're exactly right. And then, um, but it is it's just tough. And then you come in at twelve, you go home and sleep from six to eleven thirty. Twelve, get up, come back. You're at work at. One o'clock, twelve thirty, one o'clock. You eat by lunch, and you're back in the film room till. Now I got home Saturday night about fourth quarter of the LSU Florida game, and then back at the office Sunday morning about seven thirty. So it's it's a grind now. There's no doubt. I mean, there's there's not much time to to even take a breath. To be honest with you. Coach Probst, in your first season with Valdosta, you've made it to the semis. I had no doubt that you wouldn't be here. You got through Lovejoy Evans most recently, your 36-15 win over Carrollton. What have you learned about yourself as a coach and your team? Well, I mean, coaching is always changing. That's that's the one thing you always know about coaching. It's never the same. Everything's different. Every situation's different, so you have to learn to adapt, and and you've got to be flexible. Um, 
you know, each program has their own little, I guess, I don't know what I'm, the word I'm looking for, but, you know, it's just different. And, and Their own dynamic, maybe? Yeah, probably so. Logistics, dynamics, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, as far as what I've learned about our football team is we were not a good football team, you know, coming down the stretch run. I thought we were in trying to improve. It's just... I didn't. I didn't meet this full football team until the month of June, June eighth, when I started meeting them. But collectively, guys, I didn't. I, we didn't. We didn't collectively start till July twenty seventh as wow. a team. And so now we're in the twenty first week, which is pretty long. Um, I think with cancelizations, we've done it before, but you know, it's just these kids have gotten better and better and better, and I think that. You know, we're not a finished product by no stretch of the imagination. We had no off-season. We had no spring ball. We had no summer work. And I got here, was hired late, hired our staff late. And so what we've done is pretty dang remarkable, to be honest with you. But I think it starts with your quarterback. I think our quarterback's gotten better and played better. And, you know, our defense has played pretty well all year. But offensively, we've just sort of hit and miss. But now we've gotten a little better and caught stride, especially with the way he's playing. Now, and when you got the job there at Valdosta, when we first talked, just kind of shooting the breeze a little bit, you told me that usually it takes you 18 months to turn a program around. You have to do it in four this time, but you're having to do it in this environment. Where do you think that turnaround is, knowing that you had to turn it around in four months, but you've had all these obstacles? Well, it wasn't easy. And, you know, it's sort of like, and I'm not comparing it to a pandemic, you know, as far as what, uh, um, you know, what President Trump did with the with the vaccine. But it, it has been warp speed here trying to get things initiated in and put in and all your things that you do. And, no, your your, your program's not in. I mean, we're, we're nowhere near have, have gotten our complete program in. I mean, there'll be... You know, there'll be some coaching adjustments. Uh, there'll be an off-season. There'll be uh, our work leading up to spring practice. There'll be spring practice and summer work and into fall camp and two or three games in the next year before I feel like we've got everything in. And I think really probably the middle of next year, probably about mid-season, maybe late in the end of the season, before I feel comfortable about having my program in now, obviously. But think about it, uh, John. You, you, most coaches get hired in January. Yep. They go through the first year, transition. Go through the, they'll go through the second off season, into the summer, and about week four, five, six, seven of that second year is when I've always seen the turnaround happen, you know, at Colquitt, at Hoover, in Mobile, in Eufaula, um, I, I, that's, it's just the way it's, it's been, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, that's just been my experience, you know, as a football coach that it just takes about 18 months. If you're hired in January, it takes 18 to 21 months to really, really just say, put your stamp on the program. I just want to reiterate, so you're first your head coach of Aldosta. You didn't start really getting things going till July. Late July. Right. Late you July. lost one of your starting quarterbacks yep. during a pandemic, and yep. you're still in the semifinals. Looking back on this season, what maybe is the turning point for you? What's one of the most memorable moments that you'll look back and think, wow, wow? 
Well, I don't know if there's a particular time, guys. I, I think what happened is that we played a very tough schedule, probably the toughest in the state. No question. We played Lowndes. We played Colquitt. We, and we lost to both. We, after losing Jake, we lost to Lee County. And we got blown out by Lee County. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, you, you lose that game and you're 41-7, to 7, but you don't score an offensive touchdown. So when you look at it, and we also played Warner Robins and beat Warner Robins, although we had to forfeit the game. Our mm-hmm. kids don't believe that. I mean, they still feel like they won. Right. We beat a Bamers team. That's a good football team. So we we, we played a very tough schedule. And then we beat a very good Carrollton team Friday night. So, But I think the turning point was when we lost to Lee County, got blown out, never was in the game, got blown out early. Um, kids just didn't respond. So I made a radical change in, in our preparation. I went, We went nine days for no football activities. Oh, wow. Zero. We had an open week. I flushed it. Because it was such a bad loss, such a bad taste in our mouth, and we were we were ready to quit on the Monday after the Lee County game, which would have been about November sixteenth, seventeenth on that Monday. Basically a month ago. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, we came back that next Sunday, uh, and and had a little deal, and then Monday was the first day in pads, so ten days in between the last game, and when we put pads back on, and I thought it completely changed our practice habits, and I could see a step forward. We laid out the plan going forward. I think we flushed all the toxic things away from our system mentally, physically. We had 23, 21 people hurt going into the Lee County game. Most, a lot of them played, but some didn't. Got two more hurt in that game for a total of 23 on the injury reserve on that Saturday after Lee County. Now we're down to probably 11 or 12 on the injured list. So we're getting on the back side of the injury deal. Plus we got our mental side better. Our physically we're better. And then we started winning games and we feel better about ourselves. And now we have a clear path of what we want to do. When you look at Buford, what do you see and what have you seen? They're a really good football team. They're they're uh, well coached. Number one, they're they're you know their their players are they don't beat themselves. They they they've got good players. They're well coached and they don't beat themselves. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I think the thing you're we're going against this week is not a team. You know, um, you know we're playing a program, and it's tough time. It's tough sometimes to beat a program. Um, I've run into that. You know, we were we were pretty good in, at Colquitt in '09, my second year, but we ran up against Camden County, mm-hmm. and they had a program. We lost that game. We came back two years later, and they were ranked seventh in the nation on a long win streak, and we upset them. And because we had started to build our program, so I think that's the issue: is we're taking a team of fairly talented players. You know that now is starting to buy into the way we do things, and and we're going against a good program that knows how to win. Their players know how to win. They've been ingrained in winning since they were probably in youth ball. So those kids have seen nothing but championships and winning programs as they've grown up in their system. You'll be making the five-hour drive up to Buford. What's your plan for the road trip? Same as we always do. Starbucks. I mean, 
we got Starbucks <laughs> before we leave and get in a get in a deal and head up. You know, we we'll leave around ten thirty, eleven o'clock on Thursday, and we'll get to the hotel and check in and give them about an hour and a half to sort of lay around and detox and uh, relax, and and then we'll check back in and for meetings and meetings we'll roll right into practice we'll practice at a site there and roll right into dinner right into more meetings and bed next day get up breakfast meetings 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 walkthroughs <laughs> get ready to play Rush Probst, the head coach of Valdosta, hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast for another couple of minutes you passed a milestone this year in 300 do you remember your first win and what do you remember about it you always remember your first win. It's like anything else, first in life. But, yeah, in 1989, I beat a, a Raglan High School, and uh, uh, which was a small school and on the Coosa River. I was coaching at Asheville, my first job, and uh, we won, I think we won eight to nothing, And believe it or not. And then started out pretty good. I think we went 3-0, and then we ended up going 5-5, five and five, and I got beaten in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, by Plainview, who happened to have a freshman safety on that team that intercepted three of our passes, and that was Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! So yeah, he was he was on that team, and uh, his dad was a head coach. You had your eyes on him ever since. Yeah, absolutely. But he that's that's your first win, and you know it seems like you want, you remember when one fifty one hundred. 150, 200. But after that, I mean, I cannot tell you right now, John, where 250 was. So, Jeremy. Or 275. <laughs> yeah. And so 300 did sneak up a little bit because, uh, you know, it, it did sneak up a little bit. And I, I started thinking about it a little bit this summer, you know, you know, when I started tallying stuff up, you mean, you're close. And, um, but don't lie, don't let the coaches lie to you. They check numbers and they know numbers and, <laughs> You know, the one I'm most proud of is not the 300. The 300 is nice. I mean, there's no question about it. It's a milestone. But, you know, 81 playoff wins or, or more, um, you know, playing in my 17th or 18th semifinal game and, and all that kind Lost of stuff. <laughs> that's, that's the numbers. That, you know, I've been in 12 state championship games wow. looking forward to playing in 13. You know, so – those to me, those are the numbers. I think coaches really in today's in today's world, I think they look more at that as much as anything, you know. Because you think about it, I'm, I'm 81 and 16, and so this is playoff game number 88 in my career. So um, that's, that's a lot of playoff games. It's pretty impressive too. So Pruitt was playing. As a player on your first win, 1989 was the year I was born. So I'm not trying to make you guys feel old or anything. You just did. I just wanted to yeah, you just did. throw that out there, you know? <laughs> Coach, my last question for you as we do this thing on Recruiting 2020, it's called Make That Kid an Offer. Is there a player on your team that is overlooked and maybe has a small offer that you think deserves a bigger offer or maybe no offers. So who would you make that kid an offer to on your team? Uh, to, uh, just, just a few players. I think Javante Sherman is an East Carolina offer. I think he's better than that. I think he's possibly a power five wide receiver. Uh, you know, I said that about Rashad Bateman. Couldn't get anybody on him except for Minnesota. I think Ole Miss pulled, it late. I mean, pulled an offer late, but... You know, but I was 
shocked at the Bateman kid getting to Minnesota and getting out of the South, just like Sherman. I think Sherman is a really good receiver that uh, that's a, that could be a Power Five player. I think that um, Chris McLean. We have a D lineman that's got length that I think that's better than. Missouri State or Western Carolina, I think he's really played well down the playoff run, about 6'3", 230. Um, but, but we got those 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 are the two that stick out. And I'm, then I wonder what people are looking at. And I think recruiting right now has been, you know, these guys can't come out, they can't evaluate, they're playing late into the season. So it's crammed their recruiting style, and I think there's a lot of guesswork going on right now. To be honest with you, no kids have not been in camp, so it's tougher right now to recruit. That's what I've been told by everybody. Now, since you're hip deep in in coaching, and I know that you've got to get back to it, does uh, does Starbucks deliver to the high school? <laughs> you know, in Ballasta, there's two of them, and there's also a Red Owl. And uh, so, if I can't, I'm not gonna sit in line. You know me, John. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no, they don't deliver, and 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 every time you it, Valdosta needs two more. To be honest with you, you know we're a, we're a county of about one hundred twenty thousand people, and I swear I believe everybody drinks Starbucks. <laughs> and when you when you go to the place, there's a line. There's like just thirty minute waits now. I'm not exaggerating. There is at least twenty minutes. You're going to wait in line. Yeah, it's unreal. Well, and this coming from the guy who gets there just before six o'clock in the morning in years past to make sure that you're first in line. That's right. That's right. Now, I mean, I, you know, it's if you want to get it, you better get there early. And uh, but I, I've got them all mapped up between here and Atlanta. I can tell you that. No doubt. All right. Well, get back to coaching. Thanks for hanging out with us here, and we will catch up with you during the week, and we will see you on Friday night on GPB. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me. Okay. Be good. Thank. Thanks both of you. Bye. Bye. It's always fun to catch up with him, and especially there there are two things that I know that that you know really will get Rush talking. It's his early morning caffeine, mm-hmm. and uh, actually pH hyper pH water. What is that? You know, like the essentials, the body armors, mm-hmm. the the pH waters okay. that have the higher that have the higher pH levels okay. than normal water. Actually, I got him hooked on that stuff. Yeah, I didn't realize he was such a big Starbucks. Oh, guy. he's a big Starbucks guy. I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, it's it's so fun. I mean, he's got to have like uh, extra swirls and like you and your super, Mountain Dew. Yeah, it has to be like super caffeinated, super sweet. I mean, he's got the breakdown, but I mean, it mm. is like there's this long list of things that have to happen in sequence for it to be right. And it's like literally it's like, okay, squirt, squirt of uh, milk and powder. It's like two squirts of milk. Then you come back in with with more of the coffee. Then you come up with the toppings. I mean, literally, it's like creating a dessert. I would not expect that from him. He's one of those double pump of white mocha kind of guys. He's he's like double, triple pump of everything. (laughs) And naturally to have him drop in while we're talking and getting the intro just so rudely interrupts our intro that is that is that is the timing of a coach right there who is on a clock literally we start we start going i hear and uh, to pull back the curtain a little bit the way that it works here in the studio is that we have the curtains always pulled back john let's get real well but about (laughs) about radio production about doing doing the show so when we, we have an open line here mm-hmm. into the studio, and when we tell the guest to call in, basically we tell them, it's like, okay, dial this number, 
You won't hear it ring. It's not like a traditional phone, but you'll just hear the two of us talking. And so this time around, we're in the middle of talking, and sure enough, a coach on a schedule like Rush's, he Love dials it. in right as we're talking. So he's like right on. He's like right there on the clock. He's like go 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 go. Yeah, we usually have like a specific time for them to, to call in so we can time everything out. But that was great. That was very Rush Probst, and I'm glad that. You got him on the show. Thanks yeah. for getting that, John, because they're our game of the week this Friday. Yep, Valdosta and Buford. And the mm-hmm. way that it's being uh, promoted nationally is the uh, program of the 20th century in the state of Georgia mm-hmm. against uh, the program of the present. And having uh, these two great programs, the first time these two teams have ever met I can't in believe their that history. Either. I know. I cannot believe that. I know. You would think that with all of this time, with all the different classifications and wanting to challenge yourself or something like that over time, that these two teams would have met. But they have never met until this Friday. Yeah, two of the state's winningest programs. Valdosta has 24 state championships. Mm -hmm. The last one was in 2016. Buford has won 12 state championships and won the Class 5A title in 2019. It's just going to be an outstanding matchup. I think it's it's one of my favorite matchups that we've chosen. And, you know, it's going to be in a great environment up there at Buford. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it because, you know, with Rush in his first season at Valdosta, trying to put his stamp on in this environment that we're in right now, and Coach App with what he's been able to do. He's been a part of the program forever. He understands it's lifeblood. Uh, I mean, for me, this one's going to be fun. And cannot wait to, to show it off to the rest of the state and to the rest of the country this Friday night. So I have family in Valdosta. My in-laws live down there. Okay. And I'm not going to say names, but some of them were not happy with the Probst hire. Uh-huh. I haven't talked to anyone down there about him recently, but right. I'm just wondering what all the Rush Probst haters think with Valdosta being in the semis in his first season after so much adversity. Yeah. It truly is remarkable. Whether you love him or you hate him, what Valdosta has done this season, they've been sneakily good, and here they are in the semis. Well, and one of the things that I will always mention about a Rush Probst staff, mm-hmm. they are some of the best at making halftime adjustments that I have ever seen. Regardless of classification, regardless of college, pro, high school, it's some of the best halftime adjustments I've ever seen across the board. Yeah. So when you see what's going on in a first half and take it in its context of 24 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, then you sit there and you transfer what you saw in that first 24 minutes to what you would see in the second 24. It is just the changes are so markedly different that they got it down. And it's it, it's fun to watch in this three-dimensional idea of first half, learn your lessons, fix it in 15 minutes, mm-hmm. come back out second half, get it done, and, and get a win. But that same philosophy goes for his season as well. Mm-hmm. The fact that he had the wherewithal to take 10 days off yeah. with a month until playoffs, mm-hmm. well, three weeks until playoffs at that point, yeah. and to just take a breather and redo everything is amazing coaching. Yeah, yeah it's, it says a lot about uh, the staff. It mm-hmm. says a lot about that program and says a lot about where they are now. Uh, what else is on your mind? So I think we're going to do things a little opposite. I think we should preview sure. Friday. Sure. And then after, we'll 
take a look back okay. at last week? Right on. Finals? Okay. Um, so my game that I've got my eye on for this Friday is Lowndes at Collins Hill. Uh-huh. Both teams have four-star QBs. The Eagles boast Sam Horn, who's the number four pro-style QB nationally in the 2022 class. The Vikings have Ja'Curry Brown, who we've watched on our network. Mm-hmm. He's the number six dual-threat QB in that class. This should be a wild offensive matchup, and I'm excited to watch it. Grayson and Norcross will be oh, at yeah. Norcross, and it could end up being another low-scoring game like we saw last week on Football Fridays with mm-hmm. uh, with Norcross getting the win over Colquitt County. And having that having that field the way that the way that it is, it's it is a decided advantage for Norcross in that environment, and with uh, Grayson and their running game and mm-hmm. you know, that high powered offense that Grayson has, it could be a challenge for the Rams heading to Norcross. It's so interesting that Grayson with Jake Garcia is in the semis, Valdosta, different classes, yeah, missing Jake Garcia. It's just it's funny. I wonder if. The drama of losing Garcia has also propelled Valdosta to be like, let's keep things going. Well, it's just interesting. Yeah. You have two Jake Garcia teams in the play in the semis. Yeah, and then in six A, other than our game, Valdosta and Buford, it's Westlake and Lee County. We saw Westlake on football Fridays, mm-hmm. and Lee County went to River Ridge. Great season by River Ridge, by oh, the yeah. way, in six A. Oh, yeah. But uh, Lee County just too strong, and uh, a lot of folks at the beginning of the season in six A. Saw Valdosta on the left-hand side, saw Lee County on the right-hand side, and thought it might be a region rematch for the state championship there in 6A. Yeah. What else you got coming up? Well, 5A, you've got Coffee and Cartersville. Mm-hmm. Coffee, a three-seed, has made their way all the way through. Cartersville is a two, so they get to host it at Weinman Stadium. Warner Robins scores a late touchdown to uh, beat Blessed Trinity. So one of the three defending champs is not going to have a streak continue. So Blessed Trinity is uh, done in the quarters. So you have Jones County, whose coach Mike Chastain used to coach at Warner Robins. That game's going to be at McConnell Talbert Stadium. That's going to be a fun one in 5A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jefferson and Benedictine, two high-powered offenses. This game could go about an hour and 40 minutes because of the running game that we've seen with uh, Jefferson this year and Benedictine. They've got a high-powered offense as well. Marist on the road mm-hmm. with their grinder. They have to pack a lunch, pack a dinner, maybe a midnight stack, having to go all the way down mm-hmm. to Bainbridge. 3A, Crisp County will face Pierce County. Yeah, and oh, by the way, uh, yeah. I, I assume you saw the note from, uh, oh, actually, no, I think it was a text. Uh, Brad Harbor from Crisp mm-hmm. says he's only going to take questions from you. Yes. He's not going to take questions from me anymore. Any interview has to be done by you. It just, we just bond, we just bonded. Yeah. Just, he is such a cool coach. What they're able to do just kind of squeak through these games mm-hmm. and he's just an awesome coach and an awesome guy and he's just got a great personality. I love talking to Coach Harbor. I love his playoff beard <laughs> looking like Santa. The Christmas beard. So okay. Yeah. Well I'm so, excited to interview him yeah, then. Crisp Crisp and Pierce, that one will be in Blackshear. Took down County. Cedar Grove sixteen to thirteen. Well I mean, we knew that one was going to be a grinder. Yeah, it was yeah. a rematch for a, a state championship game from last year. But all those we always mentioned all the juniors mm-hmm. that Brad had last year, they're now seniors at Crisp. And so Crisp and Pierce, Oconee County and GAC, Oconee County beat uh, Peach County, which uh, I think a lot of folks were surprised once again by the margin at thirty one thirteen. Double A. Rabin and Callaway, and that one is at Callaway Stadium. So mm-hmm. everybody's heading from Tiger down to LaGrange to see that one. So uh, Gunnar Stockton, he's uh, going to pack a lunch and pack a dinner. And then the other one, Jefferson County and Fitzgerald. That one's going to be at J.C. Stadium. That one's going to be a tight game as well. 
Raven County overcame three missed field goals, two interceptions, and a blocked punt to win 27-24 in overtime. See, the only thing that was missing there was the partridge in the pear tree. (laughs) I know. It's like one of your countdowns before we go live on our Football Friday game of the week. It's that's uh, how do you all, win, how do you win numbers, that? All my numbers games yes. that I always like to play yeah. with the numbers of the week. How do you win that game? Three um, missed field goals. Three missed field goals. <laughs> Two interceptions and one block punt to win twenty seven twenty four. And then uh, Class A private, it's going to be Prince Avenue, who had a dominant performance against Eagles Landing Christian. Brock Vandegrift, who mm-hmm. has uh, been a part of the the interviews with the stars, I believe this year. Yes, uh, on, on recruiting 2020, mm-hmm. great they are interview. At great Wesley. interview. One of my favorite interviews of the season. And honestly. then Calvary Day and Trinity Christian. Trinity Christian, their first ever semifinal on the right hand side. Class A public. Irwin County goes to a place where uh, everything is better. In matter. There you go. And then the other semi is Clinch and Brooks in a region rematch. The two nice. and the three. So three of the four teams mm-hmm. remaining in Class A public are all at a region two. Wow. The one, the two, and the three seed. All of them have made it to the semifinals. Not a surprise. So looking back, what else was on your mind? I want to back up Prince Avenue Christian taking down five-time state champ Elka Mm -hmm. Blankdom. Yep. 38 to nothing, ending their 22-game win streak. That's got a sting. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, it, I think that once again we talk about the numbers, you know, games games that are looked at by the margins that we talked about last mm-hmm. couple of weeks on Countdown to Kickoff. This was a margin, I think, that was completely unexpected, especially the game was in Bogart. But Eagles Landing Christian has always been a team that will play anybody, anyplace, anytime, anywhere, twice on Tuesday if they have to. But I think 38 nothing was another one of the big shocks out of the weekend. Yeah, we kind of did some recaps intertwined with our previews. Yes. So my did. other big one was uh, we already talked about it though. Warner Robins knocking off number one BT mm-hmm. by a margin of 35 to 24. That one was 28. Extra, uh, 28. I can't read. I can't read. And I, y'all know I can't read. Um, 35-28, which I have written right here. <laughs> that one was a big surpriser. And also, uh, in addition to everything going on on Friday, we have stuff that's going to happen before Friday. Oh, we have so much to do this signing, week. Signing day <laughs> I is need Wednesday. A Starbucks. Signing day is yes, Wednesday. Early National early signing day is Wednesday. Yep. So on Wednesday, uh-huh. just y'all just stick by your computer because yeah. we've got... 1 p.m. Bracketology mm-hmm. to break down all these semi-brackets with John and Matt. Yep. 5 o'clock, we've got Countdown to Kickoff, where mm-hmm. we just get more in-depth with previews and recaps, fun stories. We chat with y'all live, so don't miss Countdown to Kickoff this week. And then at 7? 6. 6 o'clock. So, we cannot, so Countdown to Kickoff cannot go any more than 55 minutes. Well, we're supposed to go 30. Well, we usually go longer. We usually longer. go longer. I know Lori got mad last week, producer. <laughs> they were like, we, we were making bets over under how many minutes you guys were go, would go late. Translation, so. how many minutes would John talk yes. over 30? Yeah, we, we try to keep that one at 30. Um, so then at 6 o'clock, it's our national early signing day live show with right. John and Matt. We yes. will be breaking down all of those recruits where they're signing on the dotted line. Yep, and then uh, Bracketology, uh, sorry, uh, Recruiting 2020, mm-hmm. presented by our friends at Express. That is going to be on at 7 o'clock on Friday night, Yes, preceding Valdosta and Buford from Tom Ryden Stadium and in Buford. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one in the semis because then after that, it is the championships, the 28th, the 29th, and 30th oh my from gosh. Center Park Stadium at Georgia State. 
I've never been more happy for a week in between. But it's not because of the Christmas holiday. Okay, but we don't travel. So, like, it's a week for me. Like, I get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, probably work on Thursday. Yeah. We don't. Our, our family is all here in Georgia. I mean, yeah, it's not a week off, but it's more time to prepare than you normally Kinda, have. Kind of, sort of, but not really. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. So well, there's it already some, is crazy. It already is crazy. There's some differences in the championships this year. So obviously they're on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But Monday we have the women's, the very first GHSA Women's Flag Football Championships back-to-back in the morning before yep. the games start. Mm-hmm. So we will also be covering those live. Yep. Preparing for a new GHSA sport. Mm-hmm. That's going to be really exciting. I'm I'm excited to watch that. Yep, and then the single A championships will wrap up everything on Monday, mm-hmm. the 28th, and then you'll have three championship games on the 29th. You'll have three more on the 30th, and then on uh, the 31st, I believe that's New Year's Eve day. So excited for the semis. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many times I've said excited in this show. Uh, 11 billion. <laughs> just, it's the semifinals so here on. A, on a, <laughs> it's just a good atmosphere. We've got everyone's pumped up. Everyone's about to hit grind season for us. Mm-hmm. It already is. Yes. But. but no, it'll be fun. Once again, yep. Recruiting 2020 is on at 7 o'clock Friday, and the kickoff a little after 7.30 of Aldosta Buford on GPB, gpb.org, the GPB Sports app. That is it for another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. It is produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to download, like, friend, be a part of the conversation on all of the GPB platforms. It is the YouTube channel. It is the app. It is... Uh, Let's see. What am I missing? Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All those other places in addition to your favorite podcatchers where you can catch the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. So that is another show. We'll come back uh, this same time next week, and we'll talk about other Mm -hmm. stuff because we'll know who's heading to the final. So for Hannah, I'm just John. That's Sean behind the glass. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the game. Bye, guys. Brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.